Jared Walker. Why'd you look at me but say Jared's name? Do you have uh, the same problem that Brad Pitt has where he has trouble remembering faces to names? No. I see. And also Nick Shirk. Hello. This is a very strange intro. (laughs) 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 I wish we had video right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Anyways, we always I feel like we say that once every couple episodes of you. <coughs> One day. Yeah. Monday. Foreshadowing. Anyways, what but are we here uh, to talk about? But we're here to do a review on the movie The Fablemans. Came out in twenty twenty two or last year. <laughs> so initial thoughts on the uh <laughs> video. Movie. Um, yeah, no, it so okay, my I'm gonna give it we're gonna do a, a one out of t- or one out of ten. We're gonna do a scale <laughs> scale of one to ten is what wow. I meant to say. Um uh, I'm, I just want to point out I'm the only one drinking coffee. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny's not drinking anything, and I've got a Chick-fil-A cookies and cream shake and a pop from the movie theater, Lime Coke. Disgusting. Lime Coke. So this many is questions. the best Coke. Not for this <laughs> podcast. Nick, what is your, uh, <laughs> what's your uh, rating? One out of ten here. So honestly, i i went <laughs> I went into this, I went into this movie not expecting a lot. Like Jared wanted to see it. I was like, okay, I'll go see it. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it that much, but I'll keep an open mind. Honestly, loved the film. I thought it was fabulous it had a lot of just i don't know and i think jared's gonna say the same thing but it had a lot more emotion than i ever thought it had i mean even we watched the trailer yesterday just kind of get like or two days ago two days ago to just kind of like get a, a brief overview of the movie and even from the trailer like it felt like oh it's kind of be like dramatic not i did not expect to actually like not relate to characters but actually care enough about them to like be like, oh, wow, I'm kind of invested in that now. Like, I feel like I'm actually somewhat up, like I have a stake in this film. So, excuse me. In that sense, thoroughly enjoyed the film. Thought it was amazing. Um, I would give it on a scale of one to ten. I'll say an eight. I actually rank it pretty high. I don't know. The problem is I don't know the rewatchability of it. Like, I don't know if I'd watch it again, and I can't say that I would fully recommend people to watch it mm-hmm. if you are a fan of spielberg which i think a couple of us in the room are there's only mm-hmm. three of us so um if you're a fan of spielberg i'd say watch it mm-hmm. if you're not and you want kind of like a really weird family drama watch it besides that <laughs> don't watch it <clears throat> like it's definitely one of those movies that either you you love it and you really love it or you're just bored by it and you're really bored mm-hmm. you can't be in the middle it's yeah. kind of like one or the other yeah and because like i said because i'm a spielberg fan i appreciated knowing that it's it's not declared a biopic but it's basically a biopic it's a fictional life. biopic right and it, i mean it takes new names and new and obviously probably names and all that stuff but anyways 
it's from what I understand, they did an interview with Spielberg, and he said that this movie is like very accurate to his life and how he grew up and stuff. So that was really cool, and I appreciated a lot of the cinematography in the movie. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, but just brief overview. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Uh, eight out of ten. Wa- rewatchability is where I I rank it an eight at because I just don't know if it can go higher. But it was mm. a good film. <coughs> gotcha, mm-hmm. Jared. Yeah, this film had a lot of uh, weight to it. It really wore its heart on its sleeve. And from what I know about Spielberg, that's how he is. He just, he just, he'll tell you how it is. And he has a lot of emotional attachment to a lot of things. That's why he's been so successful and so dedicated to his craft for like almost 50 years. He's old. Yeah. Well, he's 76. And. In this movie, it shows that he was even creating things when he was, he was like seven years old. Mm-hmm. It's wholesome. It's just so <clears throat> wholesome to watch him grow up, to watch him face adversity, to power through it, and then to know that in the end, it all works out for him because he is Steven Spielberg. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. E.T., Indiana Jones, Jaws, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy, probably one of the, if not the most highly profitable director of all time with all of his movies. I might be wrong on that, but seeing all the box office reports for all of his names, like it's probably, it's probably up there. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So what's your uh, one out of 10? Well, my one out of 10. Your one, two, 10. I don't know why I keep saying it like that. <laughs> I would give it a 7.5 to an 8. Kind of depends. My biggest gripe with it, because I, I feel the same way you do about it, how good it is, and the rewatchability might be a little issue. I would recommend it to people that I know like Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, that's exactly what I thought. Like, like my father, he would love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our friends from work, he would love it. Um, But there was some parts where I was just, I was kind of tur- tuned out. Um. Especially with the portrayal of the mother. There were scenes where I just I didn't think she was doing that great of a job acting. And it, it seemed like she was really like playing two different characters. Mm. Without going too far, because I think we'll touch on all that later because I have comments on it too. <clears throat> it felt very awkward. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's but it never, what Spielberg wanted her to do. I have no idea. But it never felt awkward with anybody else. So I wonder. I wondered if it was a directorial decision it could have been i mean that could have been his mom i mean that it could have been supposed yeah. to be his mom right so yeah. maybe that's just how his mom was and if that's how it is then and i know uh, michelle williams she's a great actress she played um recently she played um the wife in the greatest showman oh okay so she yeah. definitely has that drama right even though it's n- the greatest showman is more of a a theatrical thing but yeah she's doing a good job in that so i wonder if it was a directorial decision or not I would have to assume, yeah. especially if, if you say she's like, I don't really know her from much, but mm. I know I've seen The Greatest Showman. Anyways, Kenny, brief overview. Just what's, what's your thoughts? You're, you're one to ten. Um, So I would, I'm probably going to be the highest ranker okay. here of the movie. I'm going to give it an eight and a half mm-hmm. out of ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. <coughs> Just because I went in, I think, it, I think you and I kind of went in like maybe not really liking the movie that much yeah and like I, the, I, I like the, the idea like it didn't strike you as something that you needed to see was right. mu- must watch yeah. right exactly and then 
Like it got not even like it was half, it hour, half hour in, I was already hooked, and it was like it was right right after he saw that that movie in the first like five minutes when the train crash. I was just I was already like, oh wow, this is something different. This mm-hmm. isn't like a just a normal. We're telling you a story by the numbers. It's this is like something something different. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can tell, like, well, we'll get into that later. There you go. Then we'll go into that. <coughs> Pull it back but in. Rain. But, yeah, rain I think in. we all agree. I think we're all going to be in agreement that it's really not one we're going to go back and watch again, most likely. Mm-hmm. And it's not one I'm going to be downloading on Prime or anything like that to rewatch it either. So. It also was very long at two and a half hours. It, You know, it was. In the but it, 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 the it pacing went pretty fast. It did. It did feel long at some spots. In I some will things. admit it did. There were a few times where I was like, "This has been going on for quite a while." Right. Like, but mm-hmm. it also redeemed itself after those spots, so it was okay. Anyways, back to you. It, it's your. It's your time to talk, not mine. So you do your thing. No, I think I said all that I want to say at the moment because I'm just giving a brief, brief rating. Yeah. Okay. You. So your one out of ten. <laughs> my one out of ten is eight and a half. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a solid rating. Yeah. No. Okay. All right, and with that, first segment's <coughs> over. We're going to move transition right into plot overview just to give everyone kind of a example of, of what we're working with, and uh, then we'll do some deeper dive stuff. I think we all have things we want to talk about from the movie. Um, yeah, Jared, you've been elected as plot overviewer. I like it. Is we're that a word? That. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to keep it. Anyways, yeah. um, we'll help you along. But you let them know yeah. what the plot was. Just chime in whenever you want to. Um, so the movie starts in, I believe it was 1952 and Sam Fableman and his family are going to see a movie at a theater. I don't know if it was a real movie or not. It kind of seemed like it might have been, but I'm not sure. (coughs) So they see this and then, uh, he's scared because there was a train crash and it was for 1952. It seemed very... It would traumatize a kid pretty bad. Mm. So for Hanukkah, he gets a train, and then he takes his dad's uh, camera and records the train crashing to recreate the scene so he can kind of get over his fear. And from there, he finds a love of film and movies, and throughout the whole rest of the movie, he's basically just making a movie every... seems like every couple months for his uh, Boy Scout tribe and then it just moves on into like more halfway through it kind of loses the dedicated to filmness because his father kind of tells him it's just a hobby you need to do something real with your life and there's a lot of drama with um his mother and a friend that a friend of the family who's considered an uncle yeah also a best friend of the dad which throws a wrench in things when you find out that the mom and him are sleeping together or want to and have it. I don't know. I don't know if it was ever explicitly stated like that they had done it before. They had actually she slept together. It had never gone that far. Okay. Then. So I'm assuming she wanted it then. And she, she felt like it was probably a better fit for her. And at the end of the movie, it shows that that is a better fit for her because she seems to have a lot of mental issues throughout the film. She, uh, goes in and out of being very close to her family and very distant. And there was a weird part where her mom died and then like she was 
hearing her mom's voice on the phone and her brother, her sister, her mom's brother showed up out of nowhere and she didn't know who he was or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just seemed very like out of place, but. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a bit of a, spor- I wouldn't even say sporadic. <clears throat> it's just, you have to pay attention to the film. Yeah. Not that, not that you weren't, but it's just like, you have to pay attention to it in the sense that there's always something new going on. Mm-hmm. It's not mindless. It's, there's nothing mindless. Like, I think, I think when Spielberg and uh, I don't know who the other writer was, but when they wrote this and, and they filmed it, there was very much an intention. Every scene was intentional in something. And because, I mean, it, it, movies have filler scenes. That's just kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. You, you have to have set stuff, stuff up. But it felt like every scene in this film almost was like, I didn't even feel like there was a filler scene for a lot of it. It was just very guided and mm-hmm. you were just very much you were along for the ride while Spielberg told the story right and if it if it really is a like almost 100% his story then what he's telling you is his most important moments so it it makes sense that there wouldn't be any filler because it's all important to him yeah. let's say if like if Christopher Nolan did a Spielberg movie you'd lose some of the more everyday life stuff because to him that's not important but to Spielberg himself, it's the most important part of his life. Yeah. Well, and the film does a great job of highlighting the key parts. Like, I mean, I think you left this part out, but there's a spot where they go um, camping. He the, the movie ages the kid very, not fast, but you don't spend a lot of time with the young kid. No, you lose that in about about the hour mark. You hit where, the, where he's going to be for the rest of the movie. Because this movie, spoiler, doesn't end with him becoming a movie uh, director. Right. Like, you know him. With his first film, Duel, in I think it was 1973, I think, maybe? I don't know. I might be wrong. But his first his first theatrical film, Duel. And this movie ends, I think, in 1965. Hmm. So... He leaves... It's not... I mean, it's so not it doesn't really show his, like, his success yet, because you know his success. Right, I was going to say, and I think it was probably very intentional <coughs> in that, but... For the plot overview, I mean, there's really not much. The the mom goes through a lot of just, like... Mental gymnastics, I feel? I that, wouldn't even say word? that. It's just this, like, longing to have something else because she left something behind. It, it's that oh, idea 100%. Of, of she married this man who's played by Paul Dano. Uh, Spiel, Spielberg's dad is played by Paul Dano. Um, and it, she is, like, madly in love with him, but she's also in love with his, his friend. And... and it's just a very just the mental state of the mom is always in question throughout the film. And mm-hmm. I, it's, I think it's intentional. Like I she doesn't want to throw away her family with her kids because as in the film, when she finally comes clean to her husband about her desires and they decide to get a divorce, the daughters freak out. They're not understanding. They, they're blaming her for all of it. And that's probably what she didn't say it because she didn't, she wanted to keep the family. And one of the lines is, uh, I don't want to spend, the daughter says, I don't want to split time between you and dad. We can't live like that. We just can't. And as a parent, she probably understood that she didn't want her kids to go through that until it came to the boiling point where she, she had to. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, for a plot overview, you, you kind of hit all the, the main stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't really think you missed. I mean, there may be scenes, but it, it, for a plot overview, it's fine. Anyways, Specifics. What does everyone want to go with specific? I can start. Um, yeah, I. Th- 
Hall Dano, I think, delivers a very impressive performance as Spielberg's dad. And I don't know how accurate this is to Spielberg's dad. I feel as if it probably has to be somewhat accurate. Mm-hmm. And but, only Spielberg will even know. Right. And, and the thing is, is he, he plays this... The, the, the dad is very, very, very intelligent. And his mom is very artistic in, in music and dance and, and all this stuff. And it's just like they, they work together, but they don't mesh together. And that's mm. the idea. I think that they're, he's really trying to get over and throughout the whole film is that things can work together, but they're not like they, they, they can fit, but they're not going to work in that spot. And, and I think he's conveying that idea through the parents, through the mom and, and her, you know, the, Billy, I think is his name. Benny. Benny. There you go. Um, <clears throat> which is her lover. And, the thing is, is they don't really work well together either because she has to leave something behind, right? Like, mm-hmm. she can't just go off and have this magical moment. And, and she even calls herself, this is the, she says, this is the most selfish thing I've ever done in my life, mm-hmm. it is, is leave my family and go be with this man that I know will make me happy, but I have a family here that makes me happy too. And it's just like this constant fight between whether she should, she should seek to be happy or seek to... I guess please others in this sense of mm-hmm. better herself or be better for others. Right. And in that sense <coughs> I didn't relate to it. I can kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. Um I guess from some experiences I've had in my life, I think, but I think Paul Dano gives this really impressive performance where he's a very likable father, but he's not a likable husband. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is, is, I don't know if he's given a lot of chances to be a likable husband because she spends a majority of her time s- with Benny because Benny seems to be there all the time. So you yeah. never really get to see how how Mitzi is her name, mm-hmm. how Mitzi and Paul Dano's character, who I'm totally blanking, Bert, Bert, there you go, Mitzi and Bert, how they like work together outside of like there's a few scenes in the in like the very beginning where they're like laying in bed together and just mm-hmm. like going to sleep. But the the dialogue is more focused on the kids, and it's not even focused on. Well, because I think I think it's more based on it's coming from Spielberg's perspective. And yeah, that's and and he wouldn't know all these other things that go on. Yeah, and that's fair. And she says later in the film to Sam Spielberg, you know, you know, uh, that she doesn't want to fight with the husband. She can't do it. She doesn't. She doesn't have the fight in her. That's why she hasn't told him. That's why she doesn't. Well, and even go against at, what she knows is right. Even at know? that, she said she still loves him. It's yes, not that she, she fell never out of love yeah. with him. Like she still loves him. Which the film gives very conflicting themes on that idea of mm-hmm. love, because she's like being and she's being selfish, right? Like she claims she's being selfish, and she goes off and does the selfish thing and leaves her family behind. But then she's like, "But I still love this person." And it's like there's a lot more I feel as if going on in your heart because she chooses happiness over uh, over responsibility right like Mm -hmm. that's the idea is like you should be happy in whatever and she tells sam that in the film like do what your heart feels Mm -hmm. and that's a whole another another topic but anyways it's a very powerful film in the sense that it's very motivating because you see all these trials and tribulations and you see how well it worked out and i actually appreciate that they cut it off where it did because i think everyone we were we were the only three people in the film so everyone in the theater was very caught off guard mm. when it ended where it did because it was just like, oh, this like 
moment where we finally have Spielberg. He's got a chance at doing stuff for. And he meets CBS. a director. He meets a really famous director, and he does all this stuff, and then it's just like, that's it, done. And that's the film, and it was just wholesome because, like you said, we know the story after that. He mm-hmm. was just telling the story that nobody knew. Yeah. And after that, he goes into the, the rest of the story. So. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. I also love the cinematography work on the film. I thought it was fabulous, but I expect nothing less from a Spielberg film. So, yeah. Um, it was it was just very well done. Even <laughs> even the cinematography in the, the movies movie, that he yeah. made were, was just stellar. And it was actually just very inspiring as someone who's somewhat done a little bit of work on film um, to look at and just be like, that's how they did that. And that's how they're doing that. And that's mm-hmm. the angle. And it's just, it's just cool to kind of see it from that perspective and and see it from the eyes of someone who has <coughs> very much more success than I ever will in that industry. So, Well, you only uh, measure success by how much you want it. That's true, and I don't really need it all that much. But, yeah, it's 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 cool to see how, how he, I guess, got started, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I kind of uh, related to Spielberg in this movie on a level because throughout the film his dad tells him well it's just a hobby you need to do something real you need to do something real and in my personal life I got knocked down a lot by my family by what they would say about oh you need to find a, a real job or something that'll pay the bills when I would tell them because I, I do want to create movies like like they do in the movie and um, for a long time I felt like I couldn't tell anybody about what I wanted to do because I felt like I would get knocked down the way that the dad speaks to his son. So for a good chunk of the movie, he doesn't he says he's done with films because he's not pleasing what his dad wants. And it was a very very uh personal message to me. Mm. And it really hit me. Yeah. So yeah, and it well, and even when he stops making the film, he transitions into that, that like weird high school, yeah, Spielberg that no one ever really knew. But it's cool that we now kind of know what he was somewhat like in high school. Mm-hmm. So that was hitting you with the one-liners sometimes. He he was, yeah, he definitely was. Um, but I don't know the the high school Spielberg was interesting. I I appreciated the very end. Um, it kind of goes throughout his childhood, and then it, it spends a lot of time his high school years. Is the majority mm-hmm. of the film. Probably end. like thirteen to eighteen. Yeah, Those five years. There. Well, maybe a little bit. Maybe twenty. I'd say max. Maybe at I the think, end. Yeah. It, excuse me. Sorry. The um, when he when he ages out of that bracket, and we kind of see the end where he's in college and he's spending time with it. he's living with his dad, not his mom, and he's just doing all this stuff in L.A. and traveling back and forth to school, and you just see him like completely just like broken down, and it was interesting because. Paul Dano cares for him exactly how he cared for the mom. Yes, because he says he starts, he comes in and has like a panic attack, and his dad comes in and he's like, "Well, I think I have a heart attack. I'm thinking I'm I'm dying," and he listens to his heart and he says, "No, you're having a panic attack. Drink some tea." Things, same thing happens to your mother all the time. Mm. And And he like knows exactly what to do for it. And it's done in like two seconds, and he's calm, and they're having a really much needed heart to heart. Yeah, and the the very end of the film was basically him being like dad like i i can't like i can't go to college i hate school i i hate this mm-hmm. i cannot do it and it's his dad who's this very this very by the book like you do he's a he's a 
he's an engineer mm-hmm. scientist of some sort for right? ibm i believe at the end yeah so he's like doing mega hardcore tech work right and mm-hmm. his son is like doing movies and there's like back then there was a huge difference now that kind of very much inter intersects but um and he's doing all this work like technologically and he's like you know good with math and all this stuff and his son's just the exact opposite of him and which is really cool because i feel as if his redemption in the end with his kid is how he wanted to redeem his marriage yes and he never got the chance to because he just couldn't like mm-hmm. I mean, just where his wife w- was at now and then not, not to any fault of his own no and he I, thought he was doing the best and he to the audience it seemed like he was he was really trying as a husband. Like there was no point where I thought, "Oh, you're a jerk. She's she's better off without you." No. Yeah. He always She says later, "Whenever I feel like I have to fight with him, I always end up saying, "Oh, we have this problem. Oh, can you change the antenna so I can watch a new channel on TV?" And he does it. And she feels like she can't leave because there's no fight. There is no like she uh, well, yeah, exactly. There there is no aggressiveness. No reason, for, no like reason for her to give the excuse to leave, because mm-hmm. he is so in love with her. Even at the end, they send uh, the wa- the wife and the daughters send pictures from a block party they have in Arizona, and they're looking through the pictures and they're smiling. And then they get to a picture of the best friend and the wife. Now they're together, and the dad kind of breaks down a little bit, but then has that final like. No, I'm going to be stronger than this. I got to. Well, it's the realization that he will lose his son the same way he lost his wife if he pushes him to be exactly like he is, right? Because yeah. earlier on in the film, we missed this part where they're having this dinner party. Well, not even a dinner. I think they're just having lunch or dinner with the family. In and the very beginning? No, no, no. In the, in the middle spot. And it's with his girlfriend. Oh, okay. His I new, see, I his, see. He, has, he picks up a girlfriend in high school. She's the, the comic relief of the movie, and it's absolutely hilarious. Like, I don't. We looked up who played her. She's from Live and Maddie. I remember that. But I, I've seen that show, and I don't remember her. I don't know. Unless anyway, she was a side character. It is not important. But anyway, she is hilarious in this film. She's she's absolutely the comic relief. Um, but she, they're having dinner, and, and the mom tells this this girlfriend of Spielberg's that that in this family, there's two sides. There's the, like math side the artsy side the academic side and then there's the or sorry the math academic side and there's the arts side and her son takes after her mm-hmm. and in that's that moment you realize that the mom and the son are the same character but the dad and in going back to what we were talking about before in the second in the ending the 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 dad realizes he has that chance to actually keep his son around because mm-hmm. he lost his wife already he he can't he couldn't he can't control the situation the way he did the rest of the movie. Right. He controlled the situation because he was the math guy. He right. was the engineer. He had all the the information in his head, all the know-how, all the knowledge, so he could take control. You see it all throughout the film. When they're camping, he's the one that can light the fire immediately. He's the one that brings home all the stuff and fixes it. He's the one that uh, brings in the money. I don't think the mom ever even has a job. No, I don't think so. Other, other, than, other, than, other than being a really... Uh, amazing piano player mm. and she just never goes anywhere with it because I don't think she feels like she is good enough I, don't, I think from what I, I gathered I think she feels that she can't even though she's and amazing that's, that's where I think we get this this dichotomy where they the, the wife and the husband break apart because the wife feels as if the husband 
Paul Dano is holding her back from her dreams when, in fact, I don't think Paul Dano was like that. I think, I think he was oblivious to the idea because he yeah. thought that he thought he was doing the right thing. Right. Well, not even. I don't even think that. I think he just he loved his wife so much that he would have supported her in anything. I think that's clearly shown throughout a good chunk of the oh, film. Oh, the, there's definitely uh, the part with the fingernail clipping when uh, the Benny character says. You you hear that sound when she plays on her nails, and he says, "Sometimes, but I don't, I don't really care." Yeah, like he, I think he cares. Well, and okay, if we're actually gonna talk about this, then you have to get to the to the quote from the one daughter. I don't know, I don't know any of Spielberg's sisters' names, so I don't know. I don't know. They say them very many times. Yeah, but anyways, um, the one sister says, and 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 Spielberg's character Sammy says this too to the sister that that dad worships mom. I mean, that's that's just what mm-hmm. he does. He worships mom. He loves her that much. And the sister makes up a, a very compelling argument in the sense that she's like, well, what do you think it's like to be worshipped by someone? What what do you think it's like to, to live with someone who is 10 times smarter than you? And yeah, they never make you feel like that. But in the back of your mind, you never don't feel like that. And it's that's a self-conscious a, thought. Right. And it's a very powerful message in the sense that like humans are not meant to be worshipped. Like if you, that's just a that's a rabbit hole mm-hmm. that you just cannot go down. It's also a a like I don't, I don't know the exact word for it, but there's probably people out there that worship Spielberg for his films the way that they're portraying in the movie. It's kind of a oh, like you're saying like this is how he's trying to make them. Like how do you it. how do you think it feels to have someone worship you? But now. As he makes this film, there are people that worship him like that. Maybe yeah. not like loving in his life like that, but yeah, it's fi- I think, like film, f- like I think fans. I think they're going for a different sort of worship because, like, I think the worship they're trying to portray is very much a a husband and wife worship, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's meant. To, I mean, there could there is that parallel. I can see what you're going for, mm-hmm. but I think they're very much trying to portray the sense that his dad was like so in love with his mom that I don't think he knew what to do. Outside of just like serving her, like helping yeah, like her do he, anything he, he he's married to her, so he's got it. Right. And they say it a lot through the film. The Benny character says, You're the one that married her. You're the one that married her. Like, yeah, he does say that. You're right. Like yeah. five or six times. I'm going to be honest. But I, I don't also like Benny. I did. His, he seemed. He's a home wrecker. He, he is, but I don't think it was ever like intentional. I think just like the dad bringing his best friend around and it, the wife just had feelings that changed and it became intentional. I, the at, at very, yes. At, mm. Yes. But I feel like with his character, he was a better emotional father than Paul Dano. Paul Dano had the technical father stuff of providing and being there. But, um, Benny's character gave a lot of advice to the daughters, a lot. Talked to them a lot. And then giving the camera, buying the camera for Sam at the end, close to the end. It really, like, he he feels for this kid. He loves this kid more than just, oh, you're my best friend's son. Or the the girl I like's son. You're, he means a lot more, like, in a family way. Because they call him uncle the whole time. I disagree only because... I, I don't think the kids ever seek his love out. 
Oh, they don't, but he does. He feels like that for them. Right, but, but I, I don't I think, think it's ever reciprocated. It's like a forced love at that point. Like, oh, I'm like the uncle. And in the beginning, it's totally fine because the kids are all young and they're mm-hmm. just laughing and, you know, you have that fun uncle, right? But I think as that, they get older, they're not really seeking him out as a parental figure. They seem to more seek out their dad for that parental figure. But now he's I not see, there for it. Yeah, not, and again, I, and I see what you're saying in the sense of, like, basically there's two dads, right, mm-hmm. like in this whole film in the sense of, there's the emotional and there's the technical. And if you put them together, it would work totally well together. Like if they were one human, being, yeah, 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 it'd be perfectly fine. And they are they they dress very similar. They look very similar. Mm-hmm. They have the same job. They almost almost the entire film they work at the same place. They just move on to different jobs. The same place. The same place. Well, until Bert, the end. Bert is Benny's boss. boss. In the beginning. Yeah, but they yeah. work at the same companies mm-hmm. for the first two companies that they work at up until they move to California. Right. But. So, like, it really does show, like, these are the same people. If you put them together, it's, like, the perfect thing, but it's reality. No right. one's ever perfect. Right. Yeah. I feel like we've done a lot of talking, mm-hmm. and I feel like Kenny's just been over here. He's had a Google page pulled up for, like, a oh, solid 10 I minutes. I have four Google pages and two set things. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, let's cool. hear those tidbits. So, Let them rip. So, I got a lot of things that you guys pointed out that I just kind of, like, searched on the fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Monica Sherwood, Chloe East. Oh, the, the actress that played the girl. Yes. Oh, okay. Played the, the girlfriend that played, uh, yeah. Sam's girlfriend, the crazy Jesus girlfriend. Yeah. It's hilarious. It is funny. Uh, it's something you'll have to watch. We can't even explain how yeah, the funniness yeah, yeah. describing it wouldn't be funny in the moment. You're just so caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second writer, Tony Kushner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tony. Mm-hmm. Kush- yeah. They, I think him and have him and Spielberg worked on something else together. I don't recognize the name. Okay, but maybe they he just worked. I don't know. Done. But, but and then going to something you said way earlier, mm-hmm. <laughs> to answer your question, yes, the movie that they saw as a when uh, he was a kid mm-hmm. is a real movie. Oh, oh the, okay. The greatest show on earth, uh, basically, was a actual biopic of the Ringling, Bunner, Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh. So it is a real real movie. Okay. That was based in that was made in 1952. That's okay. Cool. Really cool. Cool. Okay. Now we're going to get to the stuff that I want to Yeah, okay. Out. Okay, cool. Put the phone away. I'm going to give the weirdest <laughs> one first. Okay. Um so I when I was watching the movie there was a when they moved to Arizona um I recognized one of the mountains. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the name later. Because it was one of the roads that I saw. So, I think it was, I don't know. They were in like going somewhere in their vehicle. And I saw Camelback Road. I was like, I know where that's at. So, the name of the mountain was Camelback. Now, I did some research on this. He grew up in Phoenix. Now, I know exact, almost exactly where he grew up in Phoenix. Which is weird, I know, <laughs> but I've been to Arizona enough to right. where I kind of know the valley out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's weird, but it's a nice tie-in, though. Like you feel yeah, a little like, bit more connected to the movie. I, yeah, I feel well, like I'm actually more connected to the movie than when I went in with. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course. So, yeah. Okay. Now you hear the um, same thing with the with the train. Oh, I forgot about that. It, the the train set he gets. My grandpa collected um, Lionel trains. Uh, his entire life and the train set that he gets 
in the very beginning of the film, I actually have that train set. Mm-hmm. And it was passed down to me, but it, it was just very wholesome. And since we're the only three people in the theater, we were giving live commentary for a, a good chunk of it, mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was cool to see that. And it was a nice time. to be like, oh, that's cool. And we gave you that little personal connection to Spielberg. Exactly, exactly. And then, so, the the couple of things that actually stood out to me to me the most is before we kind of find out that there's going to be a divorce when they move to California and you're kind of seeing like the the movie that Sam has put together of the new house looking at the new house mm-hmm. you see the dad the sisters and I think Sam as well mm-hmm. I think you don't see the mother until it pans over and she's standing outside of the house. Mm. I, that, I did not that. even and catch that. She was standing outside, and I was like, ah, there's going to be a split. She doesn't feel like she's part of the family anymore. Mm-hmm. She feels like there's a divide. And As the audience, it, I can, that also does it, it's a good filmmaking it, it's, it's a technique. Good way, exactly. It's a good way to like kind of like foreshadow something coming up as like, okay, there may be a split coming up. Because it took the dad like picking her up like they had just gotten married right to get her into the house and even when she does you can tell that like sh- there's still a split there and she looks you know at the camera who's i think we all know is being held by Sam yeah and she gives that look of like okay you know why I'm looking at you like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. so i was like that was one of the things that really stood out to me and then at the end I love the callback they did. So when, so when Sam has the panic attack and the dad, dad is in there and he he's making tea. Mm-hmm. He goes over. He grabs the mail from the table by the door. He said, "You can go through the mail while I make the tea," mm-hmm. which is a callback to when he was Sam as a kid, uh, running up to his mom and say, "Hey, is the mail here?" He's like, "She's like, yeah, you can go through the mail." and like look for the the film of when they when he shot the oh the train crash developed yeah yeah, i see what you're saying okay so i kind of like the callback they did there as as it might have might have been subconscious to show that like the husband and wife were more similar than you would expect right it right exactly it had actually i think it showed more of the caringness of the of the father figure too Mm -hmm. yes like he actually is like okay this is I need to actually. This is my last hit, chance. This is my last chance, or I'm gonna be alone blow forever. it for sh- yeah. blow it forever. Mm. So I I love the callback they did there. It was kind of subliminal, so you, you had to like really like figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I I love the callback there. It was very well done, and I think it was terrific. Mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't even think about it in the film when watching it, but yeah, you definitely caught a lot more like small details that we didn't we kind of got the the message of the movie and you got the small details that amplify the message mm-hmm. yeah also if you notice this is my small detail that i noticed um the only time it rains is when they're in california which is when everyone is sad people use weather to dictate emotions in, in films so much there's a whole there's a whole podcast on that but um but yeah, like the only time it ever rained 
except for when the mom was kind of losing it in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. There's like a random tornado that shows up. I don't even think we talked about that. That was no. very strange. I actually like, forgot about it until right now. Yeah, there, there's like a random tornado that shows up, and she like drives her kids towards the tornado, and it's just like... There's like shocking like uh, transformers exploding through the telephone wires and... Carts flying all over the place. Yeah, it's there's it, very, it was, it was the, the first joke that we got out of the movie... They stop at an intersection and like fifty shopping carts just roll through the intersection. Yeah, yeah. It was just—it's just a random scene. I'm sure it actually probably happened. Oh yeah. But that was the kind of—I think that that storm was very much to show what was going on in the mom's head, and then the as we transition to California later on in the film, it starts raining. All you see is rain on the windows, and it, it just very much indicates in this rental house that this marriage is like basically breaking down there's nothing that anyone can really do now to probably repair it well i don't i don't think it was i don't think it was really random i think it was actually a good place to put it because up until that point we don't even know that benny exists until after the tornado so oh you're saying the beginning of the film yeah the beginning of the film so after the tornado Mm -hmm. benny arrives I mean, so he's he's the tornado that's gonna home wreck. So basically, like after the tornado is when everything just goes downhill. Mm-hmm. So was basi- that? Yeah. I thought he was there before. No, because it was. His first scene is that dinner with right. her mom and or with the wife's mom and the uh, husband's mom and the and the kids are all at the table when he's younger. And he's asking to be excused so he yeah, can go. I don't think that's before the tornado. Or I don't think that's after the tornado. But that's Benny's first scene. I don't know if it is before or after, but mm-hmm. it's Benny's first scene. Yeah, it is. And also, she knew Benny before because he's Paul Dano's best friend. So she might have had these feelings a little earlier. Well, also, did you notice the um, the mom, uh, Paul Dano's mom's hostility towards him? Towards and her. And everyone's like, and no, towards, not towards her, towards, towards Benny. In the beginning, she's like, he's not your uncle. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, just a guy. He's just a guy. Like, he's just your uncle. Or he's, <laughs> he's just he's just uh, your dad's friend. Like, she's very adamant to, like, not idolize this man. And, it, and that's a very easy foreshadow, obviously. Like, mother's intuition, right? And so that sort of thing. But, yeah. That's good stuff, mm-hmm. Kenny. I never, I didn't yeah. catch any of that, to be honest. So. It really amplifies the, the ideas that we caught. And it makes it feel even more... It might actually bring my rating up to like an eight. Yeah. An eight solid eight. There you go. Got two eights and eight and a half. Now, look at that. It's a solid film. Really solid film. I don't know. I mean, I don't have anything else. Anyone have anything else? No, I, no? I think we got everything out of our systems. Cool. I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time on Cup of Jones Show podcast. I think, honestly, I'm not even going to say what we're going to do next because I have no clue what we're doing next. So It'll either be a topic or another review. <laughs> So just uh, just come back, and uh, we'll be here. We'll be doing something crazy. Who knows what it'll be, but something good. We'll make sure we get through the intro the f- one time. There we go. They didn't They didn't even know about that, Kenny. You, you well, didn't have to bring Nessie, that up. It, well, now, they, now they're going to know. No, that's fair. No one's probably listening to this point anyway, so it's yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, no, Jim's going to know. That's true. That's true. Jim, we miss you. We do. Hmm. You'll probably be in one of the next couple episodes, though, so. Hopefully. But Don't get too sad. Anyways. From all of us here at the uh, Cup of Jones Show podcast, this is uh, us signing off, saying stay caffeinated. The words of the great gym master. See you next time. See ya. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. 
If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com. You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.